a Podcast One production. Jacob, for the last Just the Gist of 2019, I need you to take it away with that sultry, non-rosy, nasally voice of yours and go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ooh. Just the Gist, a weekly podcast brought to you by Rosie Waterland, where she shares with us just the gist of what we need to know about a given topic. And today I am going to be the one to tell you that the topic she's chosen to share is a recap of the plot, in inverted commas, <laughs> of the musical Cats. Yeah. <laughs> a show I've never seen by very, very, very conscious choice for several reasons. <laughs> But which I know is very dear to your heart, Rosie, and I believe is somewhat topical at the moment. Well, yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I have seen Cats because, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, I've never Mm -hmm. seen it live, Mm. but my mum, when I was little, was a sex worker, which most people know, Mm. and she was quite a high-profile escort because, you know, she was beautiful and young and whatever, Mm -hmm. and so... My mother, um, one year, was um, the escort of a very important, she won't tell me who, but she just says US diplomat Mm. who was in Australia for the bicentenary. So I think that's 1988. And um, this very fancy diplomat took her on a tour of Air Force One Mm -hmm. while it was at parked at Sydney Airport. Mm -hmm. And he also took her to sit fourth row center at Cats, Mm -hmm. the musical, which was the first musical she'd ever seen. And she loved it so effing much that she bought a VHS tape of Cats. And I remember she had the program of Cats Mm -hmm. and me and my sister watched it a lot Mm -hmm. and read the program a lot. And so I've known of it for a long time, but I've never gone to see it myself. Mm -hmm. And as everybody knows... This year in Australia on Boxing Day, the film version of Cats has been released and there's been some trepidation Ah. (laughs) over the last six months. So the first trailer came out, I think mid-2019, and people were horrified and scared because, honestly, I think people were horrified and scared because... Mm. They don't actually understand what Cats is, mm-hmm. what it's about, what its deal is. And so when the trailer, when the film trailer came out, people were like, what the F is this effing weird thing? And why are people running around as cats, but on their human hind legs? Mm. And why do the girls have boobs? And what is happening? Yeah. And so I think what people need to understand is that that's kind of what Cats is. It's a musical with a bunch of people dressed as cats dancing and singing that's mm. and they've turned that into a movie <laughs> so <laughs> and that's all plot, we need to know but well, before you get to the plot <laughs> end of podcast bye <laughs> <laughs> okay before you get to recapping yes. that because this uh-huh. is the way that we're all not only seeing out the year but seeing out the decade yes I believe we're talking about our most memorable headlines or your yes. most memorable headlines from No, don't put it all on me. 
But oh, I'm thinking, given that it's not just the end of a year, it's the end of a decade. Oh, shit. We didn't discuss this before, and now I'm on the spot. I feel like we're going to have more <laughs> luck remembering something that's happened in the last 10 years than something that's happened in the last 12 months. Okay, but don't you feel like we're also at that age where I'm going to say, oh, Britney going crazy, and then you'll be like, that's 2007, and you're so old. You think that happened in the last 10 years? <laughs> so, casting your mind back, whether yes. it's over the last 12 months or the last 10 years. Hold on, I'm just pouring a beverage, which, you know, if this is technically our holiday Christmas slash New Year episode, then it's fine that we're getting a bit pissed, no? Mm-hmm. They'll probably put this out on... New Year's Eve and everyone else will be right there with us. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, shit. So big news stories of the last decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I published two books. Uh Uh-huh. Yay me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Solid effort. Thanks. And commenced work on a third, possibly a fourth to come soon. Oh, yeah, well, I have signed a contract for a third and a fourth, so, yes, both of those will be coming soon. <laughs> well, they better. What else? Meghan Markle married Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> was that this year? No, that was last year. They had okay. a baby this year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What else has happened in the last decade? Oh, stop um, putting pressure on me. What are your highlights? Cher came out for the Mardi Gras. Very <laughs> confident that that actually happened. And then she yeah, had such an overwhelming response that she decided she was going to bring the Cher well tour back once again. Yes. Um, thank goodness, because I really enjoyed that. That's definitely a highlight of my mm-hmm. 20-teens. Hmm. Beyonce had a few kids. Oh, I went to a Beyonce concert in the last 10 years, one of the best nights of my life. Yeah, I went to a couple. Hmm. Oh, gee, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was trying to figure if they all fit into the 2010 to 2020 gap. Yep, they did. Um, What are some scandals from the last 10 years? Um, I'm trying to think of things that were earlier than just a couple of years ago. Like, let's go back to, like, 2010, 2009, what was happening. Well, we we were still at uni. Yeah. Ooh, we were at uni. (laughs) I know, and... That was the bizarre thing that things like Facebook and Twitter and the 24-hour news cycle were just starting to emerge, Mm. which is why they really had no idea what to teach us because they couldn't tell what was happening in the media landscape at that point. Do you remember in one of our communications classes, they were teaching us about what was a meme and we were learning it from a textbook? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we paid money for that. I know, and everything <laughs> came back to Michelle Foucault. <laughs> yes, it we always came it back to Foucault. turned into a drinking game. Every class we <laughs> went to, they'd bring up Oh, Michelle Foucault. Meanwhile, we're giving you no skills to be employed in any workplace ever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know a lot about mm-hmm. Michelle Foucault. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, it feels like it's all boiling down to the fact that um, you and I survived the last decade. And, and look at us now, now, podcasters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on from that. Let's. Go oh, you're ahead. literally bored of the thing that was your idea and then neither of us had anything to say and now you're making us move on. Did literally nothing that major happen in the last decade? Trump got elected. That's a big one. Yes. Uh, Me Too happened. Me Too happened. Oscars or the Emmys or something. And we all 
hoped and prayed that she would become the next president, but it doesn't look like that's going to actually happen. <gasps> the wrong best picture got announced at the Oscars. They said um, La La Land when it was actually Moonlight. <laughs> Did you not know that? No. <laughs> oh, my God. That was huge. I watched that live. It was one of the most thrilling moments of my life. <gasps> How quickly did they realise? Did they actually, like, get up on? The- yes. Everybody oh. from La La Land got up on stage. The producer of La La Land was giving a thank you speech <gasps> when he realised that it was the wrong envelope, and then he was like, I have to stop this because it's not us. It's Moonlight, Moonlight one. So then everyone from Moonlight got up on stage, and so then there was two massive crews from two films on stage, and it was a whole weird thing. I have to find a clip of that. And it was because Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway were trusted with reading out the Best Picture winner and they effed it. But it also wasn't entirely their fault. It's because the accountant from PricewaterhouseCoopers, who is trusted with handing the envelopes over to the presenters, mm-hmm. was too busy taking selfies with celebrities. And so he handed over the uh, Best uh, Actress winner, which was um, Emma Stone for La La Land. Uh-huh. And so Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway opened the thing and just saw Emma Stone, La La Land, so they said La La Land, oh. um, but it wasn't. It was Moonlight. Oh, my God, I can't believe you don't know this. Oh. Oh, Jacob, <laughs> we need to do just adjust the gist of the decade so I can just bring you up to speed on important things. It's actually a very good idea. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Also, the country's burning and climate change is real and everything's awful and, Mm. you know, there's other things besides pop culture that we could do. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, cats. People don't get this. They kind of get it, but I don't think they get how weird it is. And everybody's going to go see it at the movies because it's kind of like the Boxing Day blockbuster thing. Really? I think so, isn't it? What else is coming out? Oh, no. I'd sooner die. What else is coming out? I have no idea, but there's no way I'm going to be watching Cats. I think a lot of people have seen the musical, which even if you've seen the musical, you probably didn't understand it. But I think a lot of people are going to go see Cats thinking, oh, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, Idris Elba, James Corden, Jason Derulo, like all these people are in it. But then they're going to be like, what the f*** is happening? Because <laughs> there's, there's no plot. And also the cats in the film of Cats look, look, I'm just going to say it, a little disturbing. So I was surprised the direction they went in. Because in the musical, mm. the live show, the actors and dancers are wearing kind of like uh, skin-tight onesies Mm. with leg warmers and arm warmers and they've got like lots of hair around their heads with ears. Mm -hmm. Um, They look like people dressed up as cats, Mm -hmm. like dressed up as kind of punky cats. Mm -hmm. And so I think the thing I thought with the musical was either just film people dressed up as punky cats Mm -hmm. or have actual cats. (laughs) <laughs> like that, like but, the Lion King CGI well, yes, cats. Yeah, but Cats the musical has decided no, we're going to do something weird and in between. Mm. So we're going to have people 
but CGI fur onto them, and that's kind of what they've done. Uh huh. So it looks a bit weird, but you know what? Cats is weird. So I'm not against cats looking a bit weird, but what is really fascinating to me is that a lot of people are going to go and watch this movie thinking, oh, gee, the CGI and the fur and everything's going to look weird, thinking that that's the thing that's going to be weird about it to them. But what they don't realise is (laughs) the movie, the story itself is so bizarro and weird that I think a lot of people are going to walk away just going, what the f*** did I just watch? Okay. I thought the whole shtick of the thing was that there isn't actually a story. It's just a uh, series that's true. of like weird monologues or... That's true, yeah. but I don't think people know that. Okay. I mean, if you were just an average person going to watch the biggest movie starring Taylor Swift and Rebel Wilson on Boxing Day, don't you expect a story? <laughs> yeah, you, you'd think that'd be a plot for sure. Also, am I correct in understanding... The only, I didn't know those people were in it. I understood it was um, Dame Judi Dench and um Jennifer Dame Judi Dench is Hudson. in it? Jennifer Hudson is in it. Okay. Sir Ian McKellen is in it. Oh. Taylor Swift is in it. Uh, Rebel Wilson is in it. Idris Elba, my boyfriend, is in it. Okay. Um, a lot of so you're right. uh, James Corden. Sound, it's going to be in a blockbuster. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they're saying. Mm. We're recording this earlier, but when this plays, it came out yesterday. So <laughs> who knows? Are you going to go see it? Of course. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get. So pissed. <laughs> I'm going to go to Lux at Hoyt's, my favourite way to watch movies, and I'm just going to recline and get drunk and just bask in the ridiculousness of cats. Okay. Okay, are you ready for this? So, what happens? Here you go, you guys. Uh, here is the crazy, bizarro, nonsensical, I use this in inverted commas, plot of cats. <laughs> Which Jacob and I both had to get a little bit pissed (laughs) to even be able to approach. (laughs) Okay. Based on a 1939 book of T.S. Eliot poems. He's a famous poet. Yes. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I did. But I didn't know Cats was based on his poetry. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You didn't know Cats. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, good. Yeah. You know he's a person who exists. (laughs) (laughs) T.S. Eliot is a person who exists, who is a poet. (laughs) And Cats is based on his poetry. Wow. So he published a 1939 book of poems called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Mm. And it was, according to his wife, uh, what was her name? Valerie. uh, One of the sillier things that he did, like Mm. a, a kind of the thing that he did when he was just mucking around and, you know, writing whatever. Mm. He loved cats a lot. He owned a lot of cats. He worshipped cats. He loved them. And so that's why he wrote these poems about this book, uh, about these cats, published them in this book. Mm -hmm. He had been approached by Disney to adapt the poems of Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats into a film, but he refused. Um, But after he died... Andrew Lloyd Webber, the very famous musical producer who uh, produced things like Miss Saigon, mm-hmm. um, he had read the poems since he was very little because he was raised in a cat family loving cats. So he read this book of poems with his mum and he loved the book of poems. And because it was obvious how um, 
connected he was to the source material, he went to uh, T.S. Eliot's wife, Valerie, after T.S. Eliot died, and he convinced her to let him turn the poems into a musical. She was very adamant, though, that they had to stay completely loyal to the source material, to the poems, Mm -hmm. which meant there couldn't really be a lot of plot or spoken dialogue Mm -hmm. because if they were to add any plot or spoken dialogue, it would start veering away from the poems. And the poems are pretty abstract and weird and kind of written by a drunk person. Like, that's what they sound like. You know <laughs> what I mean? Have you read them? Uh, yeah, I've read a few of them. And they, yeah. um, I mean, we'll get into it when mm. I describe okay. the plot to okay. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the plot <laughs> of Cats, based off these poems... So uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber started writing a plot of a musical based off these poems and um, a few other, like, based off the poems from that book and a few other poems of T.S. Eliot's, and he kind of pulled it all together to create what could loosely be called the plot of cats. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is this. A group of cats hang out around a pile of trash in an alleyway (laughs) and over the (laughs) court... <laughs> oh, you think that's funny? You have no idea. <laughs> Over the course of one night, uh-huh. all the cats introduce themselves and then one of them gets sent into space. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the plot of Cats. (laughs) Okay, bye! (laughs) What are your thoughts so far? Tell me. Where are you at? What are you feeling? Okay, so I'm glad you've told me point A. You've told me point B. The other (laughs) thing that I know, and this is why I will never, ever, ever go and see a live version of this show... (laughs) Is that from what I understand, the actual cats come out into the audience and interact with the audience. And I've heard anecdotes that like 90% of people who end up getting into musical theatre, the reason that they do it, they will state that it's because they were like touched by a cat during a performance of Cats and it made them just so desperately want and need to get up on the stage. (laughs) Well, that's interesting because one of the most famous examples of the cats coming out into the audience in Cats is that, yes, they do, Mm. because the cats are written in the poems but also in Andrew Lloyd Webber's book, um, like uh, when I say that I mean musical book, very cat-like, so very sensual, very sexual, very, like, if these are, like, cats who just stroll the streets at night, then they're kind of, like, untamed and cool and whatever. And so the cats in the musical, uh, yeah, they come out into the audience and they rub up against audience members. And one woman, I think it was in, like, uh, the late 90s, maybe even the early 2000s, um, sued the Broadway musical 
because she was so traumatized by the actor who plays Rum Tum Tugger, which is the um, which is the sexual kind of um, non-desexed male alley cat who just goes around humping everything. Came up to her in the audience and was like rubbing up against her so sexually and so suggestively that she was really traumatized, and she sued them for like six million dollars because she felt like she'd been assaulted. Good for her. They yeah. had no right to do that. Well, that's the, that's you know that is how visceral and um, physical and sexual this show kind of is. It's very um, it's very heightened and passionate. Okay. Yep, that sounds like Judy Dench and Ian McKellen right there. <laughs> the interesting thing is Judy Dench is in the film version this year, but when the show was first being workshopped, Judy Dench was rehearsed and was slated to play the lead role of Grizabella. Um, but the show was looking like it was going to be such an effing disaster mm. that a week before they were going to start doing previews, Judy Dench fell over and went Oh, I've fallen over. I'm injured. I can't do it. And so Judy Dench was like, I'm outie. This show's a disaster. And they had to get someone in to fill in for her. The show ended up being a huge hit. So it's actually like kind of um, poignant that she is now playing one of the lead roles in the film version, like, you know, 40 years later. Yeah when she pulled out ages ago because she thought it was going to be an embarrassment. (laughs) You know what? It still could have been because Mm. who remembers the person who took her role when she... Uh, uh, Elaine Page. So, yes, everybody remembers. (laughs) Okie doke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everyone came out on top. That's a great story. Everyone came out on top. Okay, so, bunch of cats hang out around a pile of trash. Over the course of one night, they all introduce themselves... One of them gets sent into space. And one of them is called Rum Tum Tucker. <laughs> oh, you don't even... That's just the beginning of the name. <laughs> Why do you think... I'm so excited about that. So, I'm going to give you a bit more detail now. Mm-hmm. This is a tribe of jellical cats. They're called jellical cats. Mm. They all want a better life. Mm. So, you know how in Toy Story where all those little alien toys are in the skills tester... And they're convinced that when the claw comes down to pick mm. one of them up, that that means they're they're like whoever the claw picks up, they're going to a better magical place. The chosen one, yes. The chosen one, yes. Mm. Um, that is what all the cats think. So they think that they're jellical cats in a jellical tribe, and that there is a better place for them to live, and all of them want to go and live in this better place. And I will mm. explain that to you now. So the fourth wall is broken all throughout Cats, which means the actors talk to the audience and notice that they're there. Mm. There's a kind of main narrator, and he's a cat called Munkastrap. (laughs) 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 He's kind of like the closest thing to a classic male hero character that we have Mm -hmm. in Cats. Mm -hmm. And Munkastrap explains that the leader of the Jellicle Cats is an old cat called Old Deuteronomy. Now, Munkastrap is Old Deuteronomy's second-in-command. And every year, once a year, there is a big dance that the Jellicle Cats call the Jellicle Ball. And all the... <laughs> Around their garbage heap. Around their garbage heap. <laughs> and all the Jellicle Cats go to the Jellicle Ball so that they can dance together under the Jellicle Moon. Yeah. 
I can't even get through this. <laughs> At the Jellicle Ball, old Deuteronomy, the boss, decides mm. which Jellicle cat of all the Jellicle cats is the special chosen one that year who gets to rise up to a place called the heavy side layer, <laughs> which is in space. <laughs> this is legit the plot of cats. <laughs> well, I could. <laughs> your face is just, what do you think? <laughs> Keep going and maybe it'll all come together. So... Before the Jellicle Ball takes place and Old Deuteronomy announces which Jellicle cat is going to get to go to the heavy side layer, mm-hmm. each of the Jellicle cats has to introduce themselves to him or in the movie, her, because in the movie they've switched around the male older, Old Deuteronomy and mm-hmm. Judy Dench is playing Old Deuteronomy in the movie, which is traditionally a male role. Uh-huh. But each of the Jellicle cats has to introduce themselves to Old Deuteronomy and essentially audition to prove that they are the most deserving Jellicle cat mm-hmm. to escape the trash pile that is life and go and live in the heavy side layer mm-hmm. up in space. Mm-hmm. Now, the first Jellicle cat that Munkerstrap introduces is Jenny Annie Dots. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Annie Dots. <laughs> is Jenny any dots? Jacob, stay with me. We are literally at the start. <laughs> These people were so high. I did a lot of research for this. Jenny any dots is an old Gumby Jellicle cat. <laughs> and Jenny any dots' human family thinks that she's super lazy because during the day she just sleeps a lot and chills, but then at night... She has a lot of fun hanging out with all the mice and the cockroaches that live in her house. And so she's all like, hey, what's up? I'm the old Gumby cat. And she sings a song. But before she can finish her song, oh, and by the way, I didn't mention, there is no spoken dialogue in Cats. So everything is sung. Okay, I thought you were going to say everything was expressed in movement. (laughs) No, well, yes, it is. Everything is either cats moving and dancing uh-huh. or singing. Nobody ever talks because Valerie, T.S. Eliot's wife, wouldn't let them put dialogue in. Uh-huh. And what's a Gumby? What did you call it? Gumby cat? She, uh, Jenny Annie Dots is called an old Gumby mm. cat, which basically means she's kind of like a chubby, tubby, uh, what do you call them? Tabby, uh-huh. tabby cat? Kind of a mutt right. cat. Okay. Yeah. She's just an old Gumby cat. You're going to be asking me for logic behind these names and there isn't any. Jenny Annie Dots is an old okay. Gumby cat. Cool. And, and that's when you say that. she has fun with the mice and the cockroaches, is that fun torturing them to death or is she the type of cat that makes friends with her prey? Yeah, she's friends with them. Uh, Jenny Annie Dots is very protective um, and lovely to all the smaller, less privileged creatures mm. around her. She is the most protective of all the stray kittens in mm. the alleyway. Um, so Jenny Annie Dots is, is mm. a good cat. A good Gumby Jellical cat. Is that who Taylor Swift is playing? <laughs> that is who uh, Rebel Wilson oh, is playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's all like, hey, what's up? I'm the old Gumby cat and she's singing. But before she can finish her song, a very sex on legs Jellical cat that we mentioned before, Rum Tum Tugger, <laughs> interrupts it. 
So Rum Tum Tugger is pretty much a man whore uh-huh. jellical cat. So he really needs to be desexed because he pretty much just goes around being horny and humping everything all the time. This cat in the movie is played by Jason uh-huh. Drulo. <laughs> Um, who famously has been pictured with a very large-looking penis beneath his jeans. And so there's been a lot of talk about how they probably had to CGI his penis out of his very tight catsuit for this movie. Does he at any point, do you know, actually maybe find this out on Boxing Day, get to at any point work his trademark Jason Derulo into his number? (laughs) Well, I have read in the few things that I've read about the film that it's basically Jason Derulo playing Jason Derulo. So he'd probably do rum tum tugger, but like, (laughs) you know what I mean? The same. (laughs) So his song is super sexy and fun and all the jellical cats love him because he's kind of like the big man on campus, like the popular Mm. boy. But then the mood is brought right Mm. down because a hideous beast of a jellical cat arrived called Grizabella the Glamour Cat. All the jellical cats literally recoil in disgust because Grizabella is so hideous. And two flirty queen jellical cats called Demeter and Bombellarina. Bombellarina is played by Taylor Swift. I have zero memory of who plays Demeter. I feel like in the movie they probably just got rid of that character because two of them is too much. But um, they sing a song and explain that Grizabella the the Glamour Cat used to be hot shit, like hence her name, Grizabella the Glamour Cat. But she's since aged. And since daring to age visibly is the absolute worst sin a woman can commit, the more old and dingy and haggard... Grizabella got while refusing to like die mm. and save us from having to mm. look at her is the more they hated her. And so she got shunned by the Jellicle Cat tribe and got kicked out of the alleyway and forced to go mm. somewhere else. Meanwhile, old Deuteronomy is older and grosser than her and he's a man, but like this just proves you can't even escape gender <laughs> dynamics even when you're a cat. But in the film, they made Old Deuteronomy Judy Dench, so that's kind of thrown that whole thing on its head. But I will say that up until this point, Old Deuteronomy has always been played by a man, and there's important gender dynamics there that we could talk about, but we just got to get through this weird plot. So, Grizabella, the glamour cat, has basically come back tonight to ask all the Jellicle cats if she can please come to the Jellicle ball because she misses them and she wants to rejoin the Jellicle tribe because she's lonely and she's old and, like, is it really that bad to be a female who ages? And all the Jellicle cats are like, yes, yes, it is. How dare you get away from us, you hideous beast. (laughs) And so she leaves. (laughs) Uh Grizabella is played by Jennifer Hudson. Because the song that Grizabella sings is a huge song that very few women can sing. So even though Grizabella is technically meant to be like 70, it's usually played by a 30 to 40-year-old woman with a powerhouse voice. Is that a famous song? Memory? Oh, it is that one. Okay. Ah. Sing it. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> Very few women can sing it. Wait, hold on. Age. I'm definitely memory alone in the moonlight. 
I was beautiful then in the lamplight the winter leaves collect at my feet and the wind begins to moan that's all i remember that's how it goes right hold on and what's the what's the end hold on the the bridge is what everyone knows wait Every street lamp seems to beat. You know this, you know this. A stale, cold smell of morning. Wait. Wait, I can remember. No, I can remember this. A street lamp dies another night is over. Wait, I can remember. Another day is dawning. And then the key change. Touch me. It's so easy to leave me. Something something the memory. It's basically an old woman who is sad because she's ugly and not young anymore and hates herself. <laughs> that is what the whole song memory is about. So she sings that song. So she tells them she misses them and she wants to be included. Um, And they're all like, no, you're disgusting. Get away from us. And so she's sad and she leaves. And then because seeing an old woman who's ugly is a real downer, a really fun cat called Bustava Jones comes along. And Bustava (laughs) Jones is considered like the cat about town. And I kind of imagine him like um, Truman Capote. He's kind of like, you know, he wears suits and he's, like, mm-hmm. classy. And and so um, Buster for Jones likes going to gentlemen's clubs and he just kind of starts singing about, like, some pretty sexist shit. And then he's interrupted by a pair of twin jellical cats called Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. <laughs> and... <laughs> This is all accurate, okay? And so Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser are naughty and, like, they steal stuff from humans and give all the jellical cats a bad name, but it's, like, not as bad as being an ugly old lady. So they're kind of like, you guys are charming and, like, the Weasley twins and we like it. And then old Deuteronomy turns up, finally. And to impress him, the jellical cats put on a play called The Awful Battle of the Peaks and the Pollicles, which is pretty much about how much they hate dogs mm. because cats are called jellicles and dogs are called pollicles, which I'm sure if you're high on drugs makes a lot of sense. But before they can finish the play, there's a loud crash and everyone is scared because they think that it's the bad jellical cat, McCavity, who they're all terrified of because he's a master criminal with magical hypnotic powers and they're like oh if there's a crash it must be McCavity by the way in the movie McCavity Idris Elba so old Deuteronomy tells everyone no it's safe McCavity is just trying to mess with us because he's a so let's just start the jellical ball and have fun and show off our Terpsichorean powers (laughs) Terpsichorean Terpsichorean powers (laughs) a lot of weird words I mean he was a poet Mm-hmm. Terpsichorean basically means good at dancing. Mm. So, Grizabella, the glamour cat, 
watches the Jellicle Ball from the sidelines. And she's really sad because she wants to join in the Jellicle Ball with all the Jellicle cats and their Terpsichorean dance moves. But she tries, but she's an old haggard beast who isn't worthy of life and she can't keep up with them. And the only one who notices that Grizabella is trying and desperate to be there is Old Deuteronomy, and it makes Old Deuteronomy sad. Mm. Then, after the Jellicle Ball, Old Deuteronomy is still sad about Grizabella, the glamour cat, because he's like, oh, I saw an old lady who was ugly and, like, (laughs) not worthy of life, and it made me feel, like, weird, and I didn't like it, even though I'm older and uglier than her. And so he gets the youngest kitten, Syllabub, to sing a song about happiness, which kind of feels like a slap in the face to Grizabella, TBH, to get the youngest hot and kitten to sing about why you're so happy to be a young and hot kitten. Mm. Then a jellical cat called Asparagus, or Gus, the theatre cat for short, he shuffles forward, and I love this so much, he shuffles forward because he was once a famous actor cat, hence he's called Gus the Theatre Cat, but now he has palsy, which makes his paws shake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Gus. Asparagus, the theatre cat with palsy. A tasteful pun. Shuffles forward. And he and his caretaker cat, Jelly Lorem, because... He needs a caretaker because he's a cat with palsy. Mm. They sing about his favourite role from back in the day where he played a pirate captain called Growl Tiger who falls in love with a jellical cat called Lady Griddlebone, but then a bunch of other pirates... Oh, no, wait, it's quite racist. A bunch of other Siamese pirates catch him, take Lady Griddlebone away and force him to walk a plank into the ocean where he dies. So that's... Uh, Gus, the theatre cat's most famous role, which they sing about. But then Gus, because he has palsy, gets tired singing about his acting past. So Jelly Lorem, his caretaker, takes Asparagus, the theatre cat, for a lie down. And the next Jellicle cat we meet is called Skimbleshanks, who is responsible for making sure that the human train to Glasgow runs on time. And that's pretty much his whole important story. Ah. So he lives at the train station and there's a train to Glasgow every day and Skimbleshanks is in charge of the train to Glasgow and they don't ever explain why the train could not leave without Skimbleshanks doing something, but we are to understand that he is a vital part of UK public transport. Mm-hmm. That's what his whole story is. Mm-hmm. Are you following me so far? How are you feeling? What's going on? Have you got any questions? A lot of words have been coming at me and I'm picking up every second or third. Um, and from what I understand, we have now met a lot of cats and it seems like we've now seen a gun which needs to be fired by the end of Act 3. What gun are you speaking of? The the evil cat who's Idris Elba, whoever. McCavity. McCavity mm. is evil. Mm-hmm. He turns up to just cause chaos. Don't spoil the ending. The other gun we've left in the room is Grizabella is clearly old and weird and has some issues. I predict that Grizabella is the one going to space because she's going to die because going to space is a euphemism for that. Is it though? Is it? Oh, okay. Take it away. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so we were talking about, uh, oh, Asparagus the Theatre Cat, who just told the story of his most famous role. He needs to go home and lie down because he's got palsy and then skimble shanks. Blah, 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 blah. He's in charge of the trains. It's very important for public transport. Then, <gasps> drama! McCavity turns back up, the villain, and he kidnaps all Deuteronomy because I think he wants to go to the heavy side layer, so he thinks kidnapping him is the way to get there. Mungstrap, the, like, uh, second-in-command hot dude, chases after them, and Demeter and Bombalarina sing about how basically they've both uh, stooped McCavity and he ghosted them, so they know that he's a bad <laughs> cat. <laughs> it is a very sexual song. The way they sing, it's like, oh, wow, you guys have both been there. Mm. And so they're a bit like, we know he's bad for that mm-hmm. reason. McCavity then tries to sneak back into the Jellicle tribe disguised as old Deuteronomy. So I want you to, for a moment, imagine in the film Idris Elba trying to disguise himself <laughs> as Judy Dench because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm so excited to see how they pull that off. <laughs> but Demeter is like, I'd recognize that peen outline anywhere because I was into you and you stopped me and then you ghosted me so I know that you're McCavity. And so then everyone's like, what? It's McCavity? It's Idris Elba and not Judy Dench. And so then a huge fight breaks out and Monk straps like pew, pew, and everyone's like pew, pew. and um McCavity to get away blows out all the street lights and runs away in the confusion where everyone's like, it's dark, we don't know what's happening. And McCavity takes off. Are you so, suggesting they have guns? What? No. Do they have guns when you go. No, pew, I mean pew, 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 like punching. Pew, okay. Pew. And Is when that- he Knocks out the streetlights. I was imagining noise. that it was like bullets. At the- well, I don't know how he knocks out the streetlights. He just does. He's McCavity, but also McCavity is said to have um, intense magical powers. So maybe he does it that way. Got it. I cannot so- wait until you can explain to me how one cat disguises itself as another cat. <laughs> well, that's what happens. But they figure it out pretty fast. So I guess he doesn't do it that well. <laughs> so. What happens now? Old Deuteronomy's been kidnapped. McCavity's taken off. He's blown out all the streetlights. Everything's in despair. We are at what is what? The second act, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, are you talking about the climax? Yes, I don't okay. know, whatever. So <laughs> that thing, what are they going to do? Well, Rum Tum Tugger, our favourite big penis Jason Derulo cat, mm. He's like, I know what to do. And he calls a cat called Mr. Mistopheles. Mr. Mistopheles is a magician jellicle cat. And he does a magic dance that turns all the lights back on and brings back old Deuteronomy. So problem solved. Ta da. <laughs> so then. It's finally time for old Deuteronomy to decide which jellical cat will be chosen to ascend to the heavy side layer. Uh-huh. And just as he's about to make his decision, Grizabella, the glamour cat, stumbles in like the old, hideous, aged woman 
that she is, daring to go outside after the age of 60. <laughs> and she sings Memory, the most famous song in the show, which I gave you an example of earlier. Yeah, my ears are Shall still I ringing. do it again? No. <laughs> still stuck at the back of my throat. Excuse <clears> throat> me. I'm not a terrible <laughs> singer. I'm doing it just off the cuff here, trying Actually, to give you a... No, you Gist. you actually did quite a lovely job. Thank Mike you so was much. very impressed. It's one of the hardest female songs to sing in all of musical theatre. Mm-hmm. I think I pulled off a decent version. With nary a warm-up. <laughs> With nary a warm-up. Thank you. <laughs> so she comes out and sings Memory, which is, you know, the most famous song in the show. Uh, it's... Basically, like I said, about how once she was beautiful and young and now she's old and haggard and a female, so therefore worthless. Um, The two youngest cats in the Jellicle tribe help her finish the song, which is also like, oh, get effed. Like, why does she need the young, beautiful kittens, female kittens to help her? But she does. Mm. So they help her finish and she finishes this huge, emotional, heart-wrenching number. And old Deuteronomy is like... Again, even though I'm a man and I'm older than you and uglier than you and more haggard than you, I'm still in charge and everyone respects me. So he decides to take pity on her and he picks her. So Grizabella, the glamour cat, gets chosen by old Deuteronomy to be the one jellical cat on this one day of the year at the jellical ball of all the cats in the jellical tribe to go to the heavy side layer. And so <laughs> I picked it. She gets on an old car tire, <laughs> which then ascends <laughs> to the sky. <laughs> and can I just say the heavy side layer is an actual thing in space? Oh. It's an wait, hold on. I want to Google this. Just hold on a second. It's an actual thing in space that T.S. Eliot was really obsessed with. The heavy side layer is a layer of ionized gas occurring between roughly 90 and 150 kilometres above the ground of Earth, one of several layers in the Earth's ionosphere. It is also known as the E region. So I think back in T.S. Eliot's day, the heavy side layer sounded quite exotic and exciting. And I don't know, even though it's only 90 kilometres up, but um, that's the thing. That's what he decided. The for jellicle cats to go on to live a better jellicle life, they go to the heavy side layer. Because that's where heaven is. Well, it's contested that the heavy side layer is actually heaven. There's like lots of thoughts mm. about this thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say that yes, it's going to like you that means you die and you go to a better place. But then also mm-hmm. the jellical cats as part of the jellical tribe are magical jellical beings mm-hmm. and they could just be going to another jellical place. Uh-huh. And also, so you know how I am currently semi doing a little secret project with someone who stars in the movie Cats. I'm clearly not allowed to well, say. Just, we'll just keep things yeah, vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was talking to this person mm-hmm. about what the heavy side layer is mm-hmm. and this person told me that on set they had lots of deep existential discussions about 
what it could mean and what the meaning of life and death is and where you go and what the heavy side layer could be and and so i think it's kind of just up up in the air but i'm not surprised they were having those conversations <laughs> to get through that <laughs> yeah, shoot right. they must have had to have some hardcore <laughs> illicit drugs i know well in okay their trailers so that means that's a very good segue into um what people are actually thinking of the movie because it comes out in Australia on Boxing Day, um, but in the last 24 hours, the uh, journalist embargo has been lifted. So journalists who have seen early screenings of the movie have finally Mm. been allowed to tweet out and write about um, what they think. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the general general mood that... um, you know, it seems like everyone is just on a lot of psychedelic drugs <laughs> and it's just bizarre and weird and it's just... I mean, the main takeaway that everyone's saying is it's super sexual and you're oh. basically buying a ticket to go watch a bunch of cats F each other for two hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so people aren't... Some people are saying it's bad, but people aren't... It, it's not getting bad reviews. People are just saying it is bizarre. Like, but that's why I wanted to do this just the gist because Cats is bizarre. There is no way a movie like based on Cats the Musical was ever going to not be weird. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen the trailer or anything? Have you seen footage? Uh, I've seen some images and it does look real freaky. (laughs) It looks Um, freaky. Yeah. Um, and look, this is the thing though, isn't everything that came out of the 80s a bit weird, a bit hard to understand? Well, yeah. Maybe lovable to some people who were there at the time. But You're kind of describing both of us. We yes, came out of the 80s. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention something that came out of the 80s that was based on something that a poet wrote while he was off his face in the 30s. So... Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I think the the main thing about the film, which I haven't seen it yet, but it's it, it, it the the CGI looks weird. Mm. But apparently, that was a, a an active choice. They wanted it to all look a bit freaky. So, um, you know, no word yet on yeah. how Idris Elba uh, disguises himself as Judy Dench, but that's reason enough to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to come and see it with you. Um, oh, my really God. Am. Let's get as drunk as we got before this podcast and um, and go see it. <laughs> and then we'll we can, we'll give a little recap. This level for the next few days. Oh, it's the holidays, babe. Roll on in. Yeah, yeah. it's the holidays. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just give a little recap on the next app. Okay. But yeah. I think my favourite um, review of the whole thing that I saw today was, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just cats. I was like, yes. <laughs> that is that is perfect. That is fair. Cats is cats, man. Cats is cats is cats. Yep. It's just weird. And if I don't come with you on Boxing Day, then I reckon we should actually do a live taping where we watch this <gasps> with an audience. Oh, my God. Let's do that. And record my reaction to it. Yes. Okay, so maybe we shouldn't go see it then. So then uh-huh. we can watch it live with people. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and we'll record a live Just the Gist. Yeah, that sounds fun. Jacob, that's a genius idea. I'm so excited. Okay, well, this is our last step for the year. As we say goodbye to the 20 teens, I feel like we should wrap it up with a little musical number, um, which you sang a, a hint of <laughs> earlier, but if we could just get a little more. you got to sing it with me. You bring up the with lyrics too. We'll sing it together. I'm just going to go do the da, da. No, da, da. Jacob, don't try and throw me under the bus here. We'll do it together. <laughs> you bring up the lyrics on your phone and let's do it right now. Midnight. I need to take my headphones off. Not a sound. No, I can't. I'm not warmed up. <laughs> not a sound from the pavement has. No, I can't. Sing it with me. Da, 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 has the moon lost her memory? I can't do it. Da, 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 da. Uh, wait, what's the bridge? Burnt out ends of smoky days. The stale cold smell of morning. Okay, here's the big part. <clears throat> A street lamp dies another night is over. Another There you go. Yes. Motherfucker. <laughs> Touch I me. I can hit the big notes occasionally. It's Wait. so easy to leave me all, all alone, alone with, with the, the memory, memory of, of my, my days, days in the sun. sun. If you touch me, you'll understand what happiness is. Look, a new day, decade has begun. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye, Pussycat. <laughs>